Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 24 of the podcast. I am Amanda Catherine Loy. And if you are new around here, welcome to your space for all things quarter life crisis bullshit. Um, I'm so excited you are here. We talk all things wellness, self care, um, and just really giving yourself the tools to be able to rise up in your own life and navigate the BS that is our quarter life crisis moments. I'm sure if you were listening to this, you have either been through one or maybe you're in the midst of one, or maybe you're about to encounter one, or maybe you've had a few. And I personally know that it is really tough to navigate these on my own. I spent so many years thinking I was by myself, that I was the only one dealing with this shit. And I created this podcast so that we all can rise up together and know that we aren't alone and that we have the tools to be able to deal with stuff and also embrace the mess and show up for our lives anyways. So I'm so pumped you're here. If you're not already in our Facebook community, make sure you hop on. It's the Live Your Life, Live Your Fuck Yes Life pod squad um, on Facebook. It'll also be in the show notes. Um, and come say hey. Um, reach out on Instagram. It's where I like to hang out most of the day. Um, and and just say hey. I love to connect with you guys more face-to-face beyond just you guys listening to me speak to you. So um, today's episode is freaking going down, but I'm so pumped because today's episode is brought to you by Operation Strong AF, or as I like to say, Operation Strong as fuck. Um, you guys know how much I'm a proponent for strength training and and really just taking care of your body, mind, and spirit. And as a health and fitness coach, um, I have been really, really pumped to create a space and a supportive environment for women specifically who are looking to really just embrace their full selves, get confident, and feel sexy as fuck um, in their day-to-day life who are not spending hours and hours at the gym just to hopefully, hopefully get you know the results that they are craving when really they're just burning themselves out, going into adrenal fatigue and messing with their hormones. That was my life for so many years. And I just want you to know that you don't need to be on the cardio train. You don't need to be working out every single day in order to be healthy. Um, and there is a really happy medium. And so I'm so pumped to be launching this edition of my Live Your Fuck Yes Life Wellness Corner, and it's going to be entitled Operation Strong as Fuck. We are kicking off July 23rd, 2018. So if you're listening to that before this and are interested, please reach out. I am only reserving 15 spots for new clients, and I'm already starting to fill those up. Um, So reach out to me either on Instagram or you can head over to my website, www.amandacatherineloy.com. That's Catherine with a K forward slash live your F yes life or just the contact page and shoot me an email and we can get chatting about your goals and see if you'd be a good fit for the program. I'm really pumped. It's only going to be four workouts a day, 30 minutes, four workouts a day, four workouts a week. Amanda, can you imagine four workouts a day? I think I might die. Um, Four workouts a week, 30 minutes. That's it. You can enjoy your summer. You can super, super just like be present in your life and also be focusing on yourself in the meantime. So reach out and I would love, love, love to see you in there and get to know you a little more face to face. And before I officially get into today's amazing, amazing combo, I am so pumped to share today's review of the week. Um, so this one is by Life Lessons Laugh Sessions. So uh, whoever you are, I love your name on um, on iTunes review. And she says, nothing but love, five stars. This podcast is incredible. Amanda is a fantastic interviewer and the conversations are so honest and helpful. If you're needing some sisterhood in your life, this is your podcast. Keep doing what you're doing, Amanda. You're rocking it. And then there was like a smile the face, uh, unicorn emoji and some flowers. Super cute. And I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, life lessons, laugh sessions. I appreciate you to the moon. All right. Without further ado, my peeps. So 
Today, I am so excited to introduce you to the incredible, incredible woman, Kira Sabin. And today's episode, if you already saw the title, if you are struggling with dating in your life, this is for you. This is why dating in 2018 is so effed up. And we will be diving into all of that. And Kira is a positive psychology practitioner um, and also a life coach. And she works with singles um, who are really looking to find that person and are have been struggling on the train. And we talk about so many things, um, some of which are her personal journey of dating and how she was a total shit show dater um, and how she's like found this person and created this life um, now in her life in her early 40s. Um, where relationship failures really stem from and how it's totally not what you think, Um, how to be hella confident with yourself when you are single and not just in a relationship. Um, You know, we talk about online dating and what that perspective is. And I go into my personal story of my relationship with my husband, which is something I've never talked about on the podcast before. So that's really cool. Um, and then talking about, you know, great first date ideas that will actually get help you get to know the person, why you keep attracting unavailable guys, and how to be true to ourselves um, and, and, and really, really how that's the key to allow love in. Um, <laughs> also, just a total funny story um, is I share all about how my marriage changed because of Harry Potter. So, you know, you guys just take a listen. This conversation is so incredible. Kira's energy is so infectious. And I just cannot wait to introduce you to her. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am so stoked for you guys um, because Kira is a badass and you're going to learn that really freaking soon. Um, She may have more of a potty mouth than me, which I don't think I would ever, I didn't think I would ever meet someone who does. So get pumped. Um, But also you guys, like she is about to drop some serious ass knowledge bombs about the dating world and the dating life and stuff that honestly I've been so out of that world for so long but I know so many of you guys are in the trenches with it and have talked to me about your struggles with it and a lot of my really really dear friends are navigating that too and I just find it baffling like I find it so baffling um and so I'm excited for you guys to learn and before we dive into all of the the nuts and tools and crannies um here, I would just love for you to share with everyone kind of your, your, a little bit about your story and how you even got to being at this point, like life coaching people through their dating experiences, because it's such a specific and unique place. And I know you've had a journey that has taken you there. So yeah, I'd love to hear a little more about, about that and, and how you've gotten to where you are. Absolutely. Well, I first of all love to demystify um, the whole passion and purpose conversation, because I literally decided to come a life, become a life coach 10 years ago, because I'm like, oh, hey, I think I could do that. Mm -hmm. That's literally it. That was literally, I was like, I think I could do that. Um, And then I thought, well, what do I want to coach on every single day that would never get boring for me or, or that I am passionate about? And I'm like, love, Mm. right? Like there's, love is this complex and abstract. And especially when you get into the world of, of dating and relationships, it's, it's crazy pants. And, you know, so, so literally this was, it is now my passion, but it wasn't my passion. Mm -hmm. I just, I I literally was just like, okay, I think I want to try this out. Mm -hmm. And this is what I want to talk about. Let's see where it goes. But in that process, I became like obsessed. I've become obsessed with understanding and researching and um, I just got my certificate certificate in positive psychology and understanding, you know, why we love, how we love, uh, but more importantly, why relationships are so fucked up in yeah. 2018. <laughs> yeah, seriously though. <laughs> and and it's somebody you're like, you, she might be a bigger potty mouth, and I'm like, my mother would be so proud. Uh, I know. So proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, she, she would not. She would not be proud. Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's just taken me on, you know, this this uh, roller coaster of of research and understanding, um, and even in my own life. So I'm I'm not twenty something. I actually in two days turned forty five. Hell yes. Um, which I'm ha- which I'm having my own uh, crisis about over here. But, um, you know, I didn't meet my uh, now fiance until I was forty one, mm. and you know, and it was it was such an interesting journey in my own, you know, business to watch myself get into this relationship and try to like actually follow what the fuck I preach. Right. 
right? You know, because that's sometimes the hardest thing. Like I couldn't, I couldn't see my own stuff, right? So it was, it was really fascinating. But um, I love it. I've been doing that now for ten years, and. Uh, I think that we need a sane voice in the world of dating. And I every day try to be that voice. Sane and sassy. (laughs) Sane and sweary. I like to call myself a a swear bear. Ah, Oh my God. I'm totally stealing that. You can absolutely steal that. So. Oh man. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and I think that just the fact alone that you just said that you met your now fiance at 41, you said that's that's insane. You know, like so few people think so many people that I'm talking to who are in their late twenties, early thirties are like, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm never going to find my person. And, you know, like freaking out and just picking the first person that happens to come by and say, yes, you know, I feel like there's this like stupid societal expectation of, I remember even as a little girl thinking, well, by, you know, 27, I have to have kids and all this shit and, and be married and wiped up, you know, like husband up and whatever. And it's just so, I think it's so ridiculous that we have these expectations set on ourselves. And then because of that, we don't actually end up with the person we're supposed to be with. Hence probably why there's a 50% divorce rate now, which is also just a whole other story. So plus percent, right. And then second, uh, second marriage divorces are, I think are at 67% and third marriage divorces are at 72%. And what that tells me and everybody else out there is that people are not understanding like the problems uh, in their relationship. So everybody just assumes like, I've just chosen the wrong person, right? right? And if I choose the right person, this is just going to get easier. And unfortunately we follow ourselves to every relationship. So if we can't ask for what we need in that first relationship, we're probably not going to ask for what we need in that second relationship. If we can't set a boundary, if we can't solve through a problem, if we can't communicate like a motherfucker, all of that is going to keep showing up. And that's why I'm here. And, you know, I do the work, whether it's with a 20 something um, who is just trying to figure out, you know, what she wants and Mm -hmm. and who's a great match for her Mm -hmm. or somebody who's in their forties and has been through a divorce or two. And is like, I do not want to do it the same way again. Mm -hmm. For sure. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. So before we unpack all that stuff, I just want to get a little more into your story. So you obviously have been doing this for work for 10 years. Like has dating always just been something that you felt super awesome at, or do you feel like it's something that you had to really work your ass off to, to figure out and figure out yourself along the process? Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like how, like, how do you, how do you get to a point where you're like, I'm talking to you about dating, but then also having to be through that journey yourself. Um, was it easy for you? Was it something that you were like, fuck this shit? Like what was your experience (laughs) with, with dating? Well, I mean, so first of all, I am a straight up, like to admit, I'm like a former shit show dater, right? Like (laughs) through my twenties, I was the person who never really asked for anything. I just like kind of sat on the sidelines, hoping that they figured out that I really, really liked them. Mm. Um, I never had the DTR, the define the relationship talk because, oh no, I don't want to seem needy or push people away. And, you know, I've always had, you know, I've always been, it's very been very easy for me to talk to people, to create connections with people, to date people, but really creating long-term relationships was hard. Mm. Uh, when I started this business, I think it was probably a little bit of my own exploration, but it was more about how to be amazing single, right? And, and like really comfortable with yourself single, which I'd always been versus, mm-hmm. um, you know, versus just dating in relationships. But like I said, it's evolved into its own um, animal as I've just realized how shitty relationships in our perceptions of what relationships are supposed to be yeah. in our society. So, but I mean, if, if you like, I never come from a place of, oh yeah, you know, I've been married for 30 years. I have my shit together. I mean, yeah. I guess I would have been like a child bride, but you know, I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, I, I'm the after school special, right? Like I, I, you know, I've made every mistake under the sun. I have sold myself short. I have, you know, waited for that text. I have cried on Saturday nights going like, why the fuck, you know, is this so hard for me? I, you know, I have felt all the feels about this. There's yeah. no question about it, you know, and, and that also um, pushed me to go, I can do this better, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to do this better so that I can teach it better. Yeah. And I mean, now I'm in like, Oh man, I start crying even talking about it. We're getting married in September. The best fucking man. But the most important thing is 
I didn't find him. We created this. Yeah. Right. You know, I tell a story on my own podcast about how, um, and I just told, told on another podcast that, you know, when I, I was sitting in the ICU waiting for my dad to go into emergency surgery where they said he had 5% chance um, to live. And in that moment, uh, you know, I looked at my mom and I looked at my sister and her husband, and I realized that I had not prioritized dating, that I had not made myself uncomfortable to actually have to let somebody in, mm -hmm. that I had not been vulnerable. And it was in that moment that like really changed me that I'm like, if I want to do this, I have to fucking do this. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, in that process, you know, seven months later, I met Danny and I, I really, really put my fears aside and, and, and jump and like, you know, dove in and not quickly, but like, I, I asked for what I needed. I set mm -hmm. boundaries. I told him, you know, who I really, really was. I was authentic mm -hmm. and I let him do the same. Yeah. I think that's so key. And I know that I, my personal story is very different than yours in terms of timeline, but I, I feel very, very lucky that I am with someone who is willing to do the work because I think there's this crazy I know I even grew up very much believing in you know like the Disney fairy tale because that's Absolutely. that was at least my my generation was like all about that and so I was like I'm gonna get swept off my feet and while like our story is kind of weird and and super in a way like I think romantic because we met in real world like in the real world <laughs> beyond the online stuff um but also like you know we got married with ring pops at city hall before we had our wedding like we have a crazy story um but every single time we've chosen each other and it's hard work. Like we've been together for seven mm -hmm. years. It's hard work and you have to, you have to do the work. You have to be vulnerable and be willing to share what sucks and go through, we, we call it like wading through the dirt storm together, you know, but right. we're holding hands amidst it. Um, and you know, like we go, we, we don't go to bed angry. And if we do, we're still in bed together. You know, it's like all these things that people don't talk about, you know, you just see this perfect picture, perfect, like wedding photos and all of these like happy, happy moments, but there's shit that goes on within relationships. And I think the second things get hard, people just think, oh, well, this is not the right person versus, oh, I need right. to do the work. Right. Absolutely. I mean, everything you said is, is a huge yes. And what people don't really understand is that, um, what we think of love a lot of times is actually called the obsessive love phase, right? It's all yeah. the chemicals. It's all the excitement. It's, you know, it's lust, it's obsession. You know, it, it's, it's that crazy exciting time in the beginning, yeah. but that can't last. No. Right. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, like we would never get anything accomplished in life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we would still not have fire or the wheel. Uh, if that lasted, it, I mean, ultimately that's the first phase, but the next phase is the power struggle phase. And most people, uh, 90% never make it through that phase. Mm. And that's not something, that's not a number that, that 10% isn't one we have to, you know, fit into, but instead we have to grow that number. But because most people are not very self-aware, yeah. they don't know how to, to solve problems together. They don't know how to communicate exactly in what you're talking about. You know, uh, my relationship with, with Danny is so fucking fantastic because he went to rehab, mm -hmm. right? because he watched, you know, my, my dad did end up passing away three years later and he was there by my side because, you know, it is not built in these awesome moments in Italy, which we, you know, in Greece where we've been, but yeah. it's built on this couch when I'm talking about my health journey and how frustrated I am and I'm crying. Yeah. We're solving that together. You know, the most beautiful thing you just said is that ultimately this isn't about Disney princesses princes, and nobody's going to save you and nobody's going to rescue you. And it's nobody's fucking job to save you or rescue you or yeah. kick down your wall or make you more vulnerable. It's, it's really about choosing to show up every day and do the work together. That yeah. is the core to everything. And we keep looking for all of these qualities, mm -hmm. but if they're not emotionally available or physically available and they can't do the work with you, it's never going to work. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So he, this brings me to a huge question and that is why do you think that relationships fail? Like, why do you think so many just don't work? Obviously like not doing the work ourselves, but do you think it, it stems from the lack of most people being super self-aware? Like, where do you think that, that, that lives? Yes. All of the above. Yeah. Uh, number one, self-awareness. You know, I, why, one of the reasons that I really dislike online dating, cause I'm like one of the few people out there who is not a huge online dating fan mm. is the fact that uh, most people don't have the self-awareness to actually 
share who they are. They really, really don't. They haven't dug into, you know, here's where I'm great and here's where I suck. And here's where I'm going to like possibly uh, shit on the relationship, right? So so that that self-awareness of who we really are when we're in an intimate space with somebody is, is very low right? Like we basically go on dates. I mean, dates, the way that we date is so ridiculous. We sit across from each other and we tell about who each other is or who we are to somebody else. Yet most people are not self-aware enough to even like represent themselves well. And they're not lying and they're not trying to be assholes. Mm. It's they literally just don't have that self-awareness to say, oh shit, you know, if this goes bad in my life, I'm going to freak out and, and, you know, and, and coil back and, and push you away. They don't know that they, 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 they don't see the patterns because when we're dating, we're not nice enough to be like, oh, Hey, you're doing this. And that's not very nice. Right. Mm -hmm. We just go next or not, you know, not that guy. And so first of all, it's self-awareness. Second of all, it's expectations Mm -hmm. because of Disney, because of media, right. I have a whole audio book about, how, you know, it's called, uh, why you are single as fuck and what you, what to do about it. Uh, and it's all about (laughs) like the, you know, and and a good portion of it's about the media and how we are tied to these pictures of weddings. We are tied Mm -hmm. to these pictures of, you know, online, you know, online and in real life, like fairy tale romances. And we don't see, you know, as you you and I, you and I both know the trenches, yeah. right? The work, yeah. the the awkward conversations, you know, the 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 things that you have to go through for a relationship to really be strong. Yeah. And you know, so our expectations are that this person like is going to just be great, and you're going to be great, and it's just going to feel good because if it's the right person, it's just going to work itself out. Love mm-hmm. fucking conquers all. Bullshit. It's all it's all bullshit. It's two super imperfect people coming together and you have to be able to like work through it. And most people don't actually even have basic relationship skills. Yeah. They don't know how to have a conversation to be heard. They don't know how to listen very well. Um, And because we're so a big core of what I do is discussing the difference of if we're making decisions out of love or fear. Mm -hmm. Most people, even though they say they're making decisions out of love, it's all fear, Mm -hmm. you know, fear of abandonment, fear of, of being left, uh, you know, alone, fear of, you know, being single on Saturday night, fear of scarcity, like, uh oh, if I don't yeah. take this one, another one might not come along. You know, um, there's tons of fear. And those are the places where people are dating from. Yeah. So when you come from fear, it's really hard to turn that shit into love. Totally. And I think so much of that also stems from the fact that, like you said, we just don't know what we want because we don't know who we are. And yep. I know even, even when I first met Kev, like I was young, I was 19, you know, like I was, I was still figuring my shit out and I still am now, but I feel like the past like two, three years, ever since we got married, I have done so much work on, on figuring out who I am, but I think I always had such a core understanding of my, my values. And I think that has been what's really rooted us because if our value systems were completely opposite, I don't think we would still be able to to be thriving, but because I've actually done the work and understand why I have these fears and these blocks and have been able to work through that with him and bring him along the journey, I think it has helped our relationship grow so, so, so much, even just in the last couple of years, because I'm unpacking that. So I guess my question is, how the hell do we even figure that shit out? <laughs> you know, like obviously I have my, my shit that I went through, but like, how, how would you talk to somebody who's like coming to you and like, Kira, I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know who I am. I don't know how to even like know where to start. Like, what is that self-awareness process? I mean, st- start simply with throughout your day, what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Mm. And then ask yourself why, right? I feel like all the time we're just trying to numb out our emotions. We try to numb them out with, you know, either booze or mm-hmm. food or online or, or or whatever. You know, if something doesn't feel good, why doesn't it feel good? Mm-hmm. What is being triggered in that moment? You know, and, and, and is that your shit? Or is that like, you need to be aware of the people in your life shit? Yeah. You know, what you said was so, was so profound that, that, you know, when people say, what are you really looking for? I'm like, you're looking for people who are physically and emotionally available. You look, you're looking for people who have similar values or at least can respect your values, right? Um, and you're looking to make sure that they're not crossing off any of your deal breakers. And deal breakers are not because they wear white tennis shoes. Deal yeah, breakers are yeah. like <laughs> the shit that's so important 
that, you know, no matter how cute they are or how great they kiss or how much they make you laugh, yeah. something is so important to you. It's eventually going to break down that relationship. Totally. Uh, it just, oh my God, you, you just made me think about in college, like before I met my husband, um, one of the, the guys in my class had this list, this like 14 point system. And I remember sitting at lunch at the cafeteria and with my girlfriend and him, and he was like working on this thing. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, this is my list for how I figure out if a girl is right for me or not. And it was like 14 points of like, she is proportionate, literally. Um, Like she has blue eyes, like shit that was so superficial. And there were some things thrown in there that I'm sure were beyond that, but I don't remember exactly what he said. And I remember being like, oh, maybe I should do this. Like maybe if I have a better sense, because I had come out of a relationship, you know, high school, you know, like first love shit. And I was like, I need to find somebody else. Right. Like I, you know, but I was like, fuck this. I'll probably be single forever because that was my life. Um. And so I was like, I'll make a list. And then, of course, you're setting yourself up for so much failure because everything is focused on the external. But thinking back to that, that not that what online dating is, right? You have photos that you're looking at and maybe a tiny-ass bio that somebody wrote or had their friend write for them. Right, because they're not even self-aware enough to fucking write Right, it's like, like real. I like how I met your mother or, you know, like... <laughs> go football I don't know you know it's yes, like all these yeah, profiles exactly like, that I'm I looking for at the walking dead yeah. right like it's kind of like oh wow well they like dogs and I like dogs we should fucking do this right like right. Harry Potter nerds unite like okay cool but how, how like how do you even navigate that in the world we are today like I just can't imagine being like I'm watching my friends go through this process and I'm like I can't imagine being in your shoes and and looking it literally is all about the external factors. There's nothing uh, internal until you get to obviously be with them in person. Hopefully there's some kind of, you know, conversation beyond, well, that was really great episode of The Bachelor that I watched the other, you know, whatever. So like how how do you even do that when you're when this the way that the world has been so completely shifted with dating in the I, the past like five years? Like, how do we navigate that as as someone who's trying to date and find find somebody <laughs> to like you know have a connection with? I mean, I'll tell you. Um, I'm going to tell you what I say, and nobody likes the answer, which is I think we have to go backwards, right? Yeah. For literally tens of thousands of years, people met each other in real life right? That's, that's the way that it was. And I think we have to go back. I think that the idea of, of online dating in theory, I'm putting that in quotes right now mm-hmm. is, a, is a great idea. Yeah. Um, so is communism in theory, <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, you know, so the thing is, is that, and you know, ultimately the idea for online dating was I'm going to be able to just meet more people that I may not meet on a daily basis. But what it has done instead is it's given us this idea that we don't ever have to dig in. We don't have to really Mm. commit. We don't have to get uncomfortable. We don't have to like slosh the messy, which is what love and relationships really is. And just, we, we just go, "Uh Oh, this doesn't feel good next. "Uh Oh, this one doesn't feel good. And we have this idea that there are so many options that we can just do that. But it also keeps us in that fear space of, Ooh, I don't have to ever really try that hard, or I don't ever have to like get uncomfortable, or I don't have to have those awkward conversations because there's always somebody else out there. You have to get with people in real life and you have to like give them more than a 45 minute fucking date. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, you're never going to know uh, for a while, actually, if somebody can be really great for you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I have a couple of, of, of things that I tell the people who are working with me is the only question you should ask at the end of, of a date and make it an action date as much and as quickly as you can, which mm. is doing things with them, because you're going to find out more doing things with them than you are in what they're just going to tell you about who they are. Because once again, people's self-awareness is jack shit. Yeah. So, you know, so the thing I say is at the end of that date, from everything that I understand about this person so far, are they emotionally and physically available? Does that mean, right? So physically available, which is surprising that I have to like clarify this, but you know, are they fucking single? Yeah. <laughs> like, is that, a, you know, are they kind of, you know, still dating somebody? Yeah. Are they like, are they going through a divorce or separation? Like if they are, they are not actually physically available. Yeah, for sure. Right. 
And then emotionally available, you know, can they express their emotions to you, you know, as you get to know them, um, not only about you, but about life and how they feel, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are they able to be consistent? Do they show up and say, um, show up when they say they're going to show up or do they keep flaking out or ghosting or zombieing or um, breadcrumbing or whatever? If they are, that's basically saying I'm not in a place to date. Yeah. You know, there's like a thousand ways where people show us that they're emotionally or unemotionally um, or emotionally unavailable. And those are the things that we need to be watching for. Yeah. You know, and then like what to, to what you said, I also say, were there any glaring value differences? Mm. You know, are you a super religious person? And they're like, yeah, I, I just, I don't really believe there's a God. You need to know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's, and you need to, no matter how cute they are, you need to say, okay, cute. Probably not for me. Yeah. Okay. Here's my question. So, cause I remember on my first date with my husband, like I, I knew nothing about him. He was a total stranger to me before, which was the craziest thing on the planet for me. Like I had never, ever been on a date with someone that wasn't like a friend first, you know? Um, and so I was so nervous and the whole first date, I mean, we talked about like really tough shit. Like he was a smoker at the time and I had a hard no on that. I was like, I cannot date a smoker period. So I was like, if, if this is something that you feel is important to you and for your life, like this is going to be our last date. And I said that on our first date. And I mean, I was very open. Obviously we didn't get into like all of the value systems on our first date. Cause you don't have time for that shit. It's a lot to unpack. But I guess my question is, I know a lot of, a lot of women I know who are going on dates feel like almost like they, there's like a, a time and place to reveal things. Does that make sense? Right. So it's like they have to wait um, in order to share things about themselves because they don't want to come across too strong or whatever. So, and for me, that's always been so confusing because I, maybe I'm just like, a, here we go. Like what you see is what you get. And if you don't like this, bye um, person. But I don't like how, when would you recommend just like sharing shit? Like, do you say like first date, just like go for it? Or is there a system that (laughs) that works? Like, yeah, I I mean, there's not a system, but here's here's a couple of things. Number one, you teach people how to treat you from minute one, Mm. right? And if you are in your life going, I hate dating. I hate the dating world. I hate the blah, blah, blah. I hate men. I hate women. I hate whatever. I want you to step back and, and, and look at how are you teaching people? how to treat you. Yeah. Right. Because we teach people how to treat us by our actions, by what we allow, by what we tolerate, by what we say is okay, even if it's not. Yeah. Right. And and at the end of the day, if people are treating you shitty, either A, they shouldn't be a part of your life or B, you're letting them know that they that they can. Yeah. So, you know, so, so we teach people how to treat us from, from minute one. That's one of the things that I teach. And then, you know, the other thing is that I encourage people to go slow because what you're talking about, it worked out for you, but ultimately that might scare the shit out of somebody else (laughs) and it might scare the shit out of somebody else who could be a really potential great partner, Yeah, but they don't have the context to know that yet. Mm. Right. So, I mean, I'm really into, uh, the first date is, is, you know, like being like an ice cream date keep booze off the date for a couple. Cause that's where we like share all of our secrets. And then yeah. the next day wake up a vulnerability hangover as well as a regular hangover. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, I'm like an ice cream date is great because you know, you're having ice cream. Who doesn't like ice cream? It's about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and then if you're like, Hey, this person seems pretty, you know, pretty awesome. I want to know more. I'm curious about, you know, then you, then you get to know them, but I think it's really important for us to understand is that, you know, the bigger shit, right? So I'm talking about, you know, maybe stuff that happened in your childhood or past relationships that can't be first or second date material because that person doesn't have enough knowledge about you to mm. understand yeah. that you're okay or how that's going to show up in your relationship. Um, and that's and that's what I think is just really important is that we go at a pace that's really just respectful for everybody. Yeah. And I feel like on some level, like I said, you're 19. I mean, you know, and by the way, that was absolutely me. I remember, uh, I mean, you know, and it's, and it's a, it's a separate lack of boundaries as I used to, one of my favorite things to do would be to like lay all my shit out there on the first date or second and be like, huh, what do you got? Can you take this? Because it was like some kind of weird test or game that if they could handle it, then maybe they could handle me because I was a a handful. But the guys who could, uh, we're not usually healthy people. The people Mm. who, who were okay with that or, or were like excited by it. We're not guys who are ultimately in a great space in their life. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. that's a lack of boundaries and it's just a sabotage. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I mean, I, I definitely don't think I, I went, I'm just funny, like thinking back is so long ago now, but I don't, don't think I actually like poured out all of my life secrets, right. in that, you know, in that first date. But, um, yeah, like I think it was a lot of storytelling because we both are, we like to talk, <laughs> Which, you know, um, that's just how we work. Um, but so much of, of it was, yeah, I mean, there were, there were definitely moments where, we were like, that's interesting. Is that, you know, and I think we, we definitely dug below the surface and we also closed the restaurant down because we were just having so much fun. So I think that says a lot about, you know, how, how we started, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's no quote unquote right way, but I also think that we have, at least from, from what I have seen with a lot of my friends who are in the dating world right now, they feel like there are these rules that are, there are no rules. Yeah. But it's so crazy that there's this per- perceived notion of how how to go about it. And because so much of it is online, it's like the conversations that are happening, you know, in, in these Tinder chats or whatever. I'm just like baffled by them. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I mean, just go on a date. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, here's a couple like, so I, I don't believe that there are rules. You know, the only rule is, is you stepping back and going... It, if, am I making this decision out of love or fear, right? Yeah. Like really stepping back. Uh, there's no right way for, uh, one of the biggest things that I teach is that uh, there's no right way because you have to know yourself and then you have to get to know the other person. And that's going to be different for every single couple, mm-hmm. right? Like what worked for you and your husband is going to be different than what worked for Danny and I. Totally. And it's going to be different for every, and we, we want to hack the system, yeah. right? Because we want love so much. Um, we want to hack the system and we feel like if I can know all of the things or all the rules and do this right, I won't get hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. We have to know ourselves and like ourselves enough that even if we do get hurt, we can pick ourselves up and get back out there. Right. And, and then, and that, um, and I think that that's the real thing is that when people say, you know, I'm, I've read this post or I've, you know, I don't give advice right? Like that's not what I do. I coach, I coach uh, you on figuring you out so that you can, you know, my process that I created is called the owner's manual because just like a car, you open it up and it tells how to, how it works. You should know how you work so you can teach somebody else. Totally. So speaking of that, um, I know you have a system that you, you take all your clients through. Can you share a little bit about, I know you have, is it seven steps that you have? that you navigate it's, people through it's 10 because okay. we're not fucking around we're not fucking uh, around. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's 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 10 and it's um this is just you know for the first five years I was kind of like a general you know life coach for singles and mm-hmm. we would just and then I just found out that the same shit was coming up again and again and again and again and so over time I've kind of um I, I've created this process and then this year I just like relaunched it uh, with a lot of positive psychology in it. Yeah. But the, but the idea is, is, is extreme self-awareness, um, you know, working on self-worth and then more importantly, self-compassion and then just basic relationship skills, which is like boundary setting and, um, and communication and like how to, how to fight, you know, in a way that actually gets things accomplished. And, you know, so, so relationship skills that I wish we were teaching in second grade, you know, how to stand up for yourself or how to, you know, ask for what you need, even if it's uncomfortable or how to have a tough conversation. Um, These are things that are, to me, are like the core basics of of a relationship. And yet we're not talking about that. We're Mm -hmm. talking about what we should wear or what we should text. I mean, what the fuck people, what the fuck, the actual fuck. I mean, you know, so the, the, the guidelines I will say is that people text or send Tinder because they're trying to hack the system again. If I get this information, you know, through text, then maybe, It'll be okay when I meet him in real life. You have to get into real life. Yeah. Get the fuck off your phones, right? That's a, it's a form of sabotage and it's a form of fear. And what all, a lot of the times happens is it's a it's it also allows us to be intimate in a way that we shouldn't be too quickly. Mm, yeah, I see that all the time with my friends. So I'm curious as to why you think that. Do you think it's because of of social media and how it's evolved in the past few years? But like, why do you think that it's almost easier for us to be vulnerable? online than in person 
because we don't have to look that person in the, in the face, yeah. right? If somebody looks you in the eye and says, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, or I can't be with you. Wow. That feels so much harder than if, than if you read it in a text, but what happens is it's, it's, it's a fake intimacy, yeah. right? So, so a, we're sharing way too much, right? We're sexting before we are flirting before we've even met that person, mm-hmm. you know, um, or sharing things that we shouldn't be sharing instead of just getting in freaking in their presence yeah. for 45 minutes and seeing who this person is. And if you want to actually spend time getting to know them, yeah. um, but it's, it's a false sense of intimacy and it feels safer, but it's actually sabotaging. I was just going to say it's fear. It's fear talking. It's 100%. all fucking fear. Yeah. And which is great. Letting fear steer the wheel is really a great way to <laughs> really get to love. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I mean, literally like this is exactly what I talk about all day, every day, because um, you know, you can't want great, beautiful love and be afraid to just get out there and meet people. Mm. You can't want great, beautiful love and be scared to like have a tough conversation about who you are, you know, like you don't get to have both. Yeah. I love that. So how, okay. The, the whole thing you say about going, moving towards love and away from fear, removing the other person for a second, removing any external dates or whatever. How can we do that within ourselves? <laughs> first and foremost, so that we can show up with other people in that way too. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really, uh, and, and then that's the number one thing that I, that I, that I say is like, you know, when I take people through this process, cause they want to be, well, my ex did this or this guy I'm kind of liking is doing this. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You're not taking this class. You're taking this class. And this is all about you, the only person you can control in every relationship. And we try to control the other people because once again, then it feels like we have some semblance of control, which we don't, Mm -hmm. and that we won't get hurt because this is always about, will I get hurt? And the thing is, is, I guess the one thing I can guarantee, and you know this as well as I do, is if you're really in it with somebody, you're probably going to get hurt at some point. Yeah. But just because you get hurt doesn't mean you can't get past it, mm-hmm. right? My guess is that there is a point at some point that your husband has said something that upset you. Oh, hell yeah. You know, right, <laughs> right. Or like, you know, did something that didn't feel good. Like those are the basics of relationships. If we are spending our lives just trying to not get hurt, we're kind of missing the point, mm. right? I can guarantee everybody that if you date somebody, whether it's short-term or long-term, they're probably going to hurt you. How you work through that and how you feel about yourself after that is the most important thing. Yeah. And you're probably going to hurt them too. (laughs) Oh, you are definitely going to hurt them. Like you are letting somebody intimately into your life and you both have learned different things are acceptable through your childhood and and teen years and, and adult years. So there's just gonna be sometimes where you look at that person and go, I'm sorry, what? That doesn't even make sense to me because we all learn different things, mm-hmm. right? So, so we, we keep thinking that that just means we're not a good match. And instead, that's just an open space for, for communication or yeah. learning the differences. Different doesn't mean bad. Different just means different. Mm. So, I mean, all of, all of the love conversations, all of the decisions out of love should be about you. Am I being true to myself? You know, how much it's amazing. Like when I say this to women, like how much do you find yourself either biting your tongue or not telling truth throughout the day? Mm. Or when you're dating somebody, you're, you're omitting facts to your friends because you want, they want, you want them to like them versus, um, you know, just the truth. Yeah. I call that walking on eggshells. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like, how much are you, are you not truly sharing either like being true to yourself about yourself or the other person? to yourself or to the people that you love in your life. You know, that's, that's one thing. Another way um, is to, to really dig into uh, if you're not speaking up for yourself, why the fuck not? Mm. What are you so scared of? And that shit needs to like be figured out because you're not fully showing. If you want to know why you're dating unavailable guys, that's why, because you're ultimately unavailable if you're not willing to ask for what you need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're unavailable if you're not willing to show up as a person in this relationship who has needs, who has wants, who has fears, who has, you know, vulnerability, all of the, all of the things. And, you know, I find that what sucks worse is when we bend over backwards for somebody and they still reject us versus just really putting ourselves in there and then just kind of going, all right, well, that didn't work out. And that's a bummer. I'm disappointed, Mm -hmm. but I was myself and we did the best that we could. And and, and now I'm going to try again. Yeah. It's when we sell ourselves, our souls, you know, that's, that's what really sucks ass. Yeah. Or hold ourselves back from being our true selves. I think so many 
of you guys listening probably can relate to that. I know that for at least in my first relationship, I did that a lot because I was a perma people pleaser and, Mm -hmm. and just felt like I couldn't be assertive. And that's actually something I, I didn't used to be like this. I was the person that I would let friends walk all over me and because it was easier because I wanted to be the quote unquote peacekeeper because I thought that was right. And I'm so grateful for my, for my husband, Kevin, because he's hella assertive and like we, we call we are both very brutally honest to one another. And I, I appreciate that so much because he had like him being assertive has allowed me to step into my assertive nature um, because I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to match you now, you know? And so it's allowed me to, to rise up into that space, which like, I just never had known. I didn't know that it was okay to say what I wanted, you know, for the longest time, which is fucked up in and of itself because we should all be able to stand up for what we believe in and say what's on our mind. <laughs> well, right. And, and, and on some level, if we can't, we're not actually in that relationship. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like a version of ourselves. And, you know, the, one of the biggest things that I love teaching is the fact that love lies in the vulnerabilities, mm. right? It lies in the ways that we take care of each other and support each other and appreciate each other. You can't love perfect. So if we're all trying to be perfect for that person all the time, they actually can't love you. So you're, you're full on fucking sabotaging it. Oh my God. That's like, no mic drop a million times over. You can't love perfect. Like, can I just scream that to the universe right now? Yes. Okay. Freaking mic drop. Do we need to continue this conversation? I think we're, I think we're good. We're done. <laughs> we're done. And see, no, it, it's literally, it's literally, it's funny because we are uh, every single minute of the day that we're not true to ourselves, that we don't ask for what we need. We are literally not letting love in. Yeah. Because if that person doesn't know how to be great for you, that if that person doesn't know how to take care of you, if that person doesn't know how to love you, they will not stay. Yeah. Hell because, yeah. because they can't, because they, they have no place. Right. And, you know, I mean, the, the greatest things I love about Danny and I, and once again, it's not that I found him. He was kind of in a shit place. I was kind of in a shit place. We created something great together. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's struggling, um, I'm the first person who knows. And then I say to him or vice versa, okay, how can I be great for you right now? Totally. Yeah. That's something that we've been working on too, is like, how can I support you right now amidst this? Right. Um, right. It's so huge. It's like, you can't just read people's minds. You don't know what they need. You know, even if you've been with someone for, you know, 10 years, like whatever you just, you need to, yeah, you need to ask questions like that. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, like I said to, I, you know, and I occasionally, he's so almost naturally better at this than I am. So it's, it's awesome. But the other day, so at the end of this month, I'm actually starting my book proposal for a book that I've been sitting on for a while. Yeah. And I kind of just made that random like relationship statement, like things are gonna be rough around here for a little bit. You know, I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, and he go, looks at me and he goes, okay, what does that mean? And what do you need from me in that process? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way we fucking talk to each other. Which is amazing. But you guys have, have gotten to that point. Like you have worked together to build that, which I think so many people also think that needs to happen off the bat. It's like, no, we, we're not taught these things. And that's why you need to work with Kira so you can figure out how the fuck to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Uh, No, I mean, and that's, but, but yeah, and we had to work to that place, but I mean, we've also been talking to each other like that now for years, right? Mm -hmm. So in October, we'll be together for four years. So this isn't, like I said, this isn't after years and years and we're highly, you know, evolved. This is something that we've created together. And like, we are rocking it out every day because um, of the way that we take care of each other. Cause that's what actually love is. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love it. So many amazing nuggets. Thank you for sharing your shit. Before we hop off, I want to ask you a couple of fun, fast questions to end this out. You ready? Okay. What are your thoughts on the bachelor slash bachelorette franchise? I mean, if you can look at it for pure entertainment, then great. I can't watch it. It makes me like vomit. I mean, and the thing is, is I'll, I'll say I used to watch it before I became a life coach because it's been around forever. I just, it's, it's so, uh, it's so fake, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they're all drunk all, oh, the time. all the time. Do you see how much they're drinking like champagne or some version of champagne? They have nothing else to do. <laughs> they have nothing better to do. This yeah. is not real life. Yeah. So as long as we can look at something as pure entertainment, great. But if we actually think that we're learning love and life lessons from it, then there's an issue. I concur. I concur. Okay. If you could eat only one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, Amazing fresh made tortilla chips with salsa and guacamole. Into it, into it. Okay. If you could spend a day with any fictional character, who would it be and why? Oh my God. 
these are hard um fictional character Mm -hmm. i mean you know i I mean maybe hermione granger i mean i'm a huge stop (laughs) i i'm i love harry potter so much and i mean she's kind of you know bossy slash fantastic i think i'm the same she literally for real i could not agree more yeah right so i mean let's be honest would harry be anything without hermione no absolutely not that's the fucking next book she is the glue for real though yeah it's so funny i i had two best guy friends in college and they called me hermione granger and it made my entire heart so 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 happy (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing okay yeah no i'm a huge harry potter fan in fact i've been thinking about rereading them i know i've read them six times okay don't judge me i've read them six times all the way through i'm obsessed i finally so my husband kevin had never watched or seen harry potter until two years ago and it was a very big problem in our relationship (laughs) because I grew up with it it's a questionable one in mine also oh my gosh and so for Christmas a couple years ago he got me the entire blu-ray set of all the movies with the agreement to watch every single one of them with me and it was maybe hands down the best gift I've ever gotten absolutely because it just like you know, I mean, obviously the books were my first and foremost thing, but just being able to share that story with someone you love so much and a story that has completely impacted your life. I mean, I could talk about Harry Potter forever. So <laughs> I know. Okay. I now want JK, now that I'm thinking about it, I want her to like write the Hermione series, like from Hermione's perspective. It would be so interesting. Yeah. Right? Like, why is a why is a man I know. the lead character? I know. JK what? Rowling, if you are listening, get on that shit because right. that would be, especially in the where we are living right now, it would be great. I would love it. I okay. agree. Most I agree. badass compliment you have ever gotten. You know what? You're it's it, it, it's it's happened the last couple of times that I've had retreats that people are like, oh my God, you are so real. To me, that's the best compliment ever that like I, I strive every day to not be perfect, to not be even great, but just to be myself. I love that. Right. And like, you know, sometimes I do retreats with, with other life coaches who are way prettier and way, you know, and, and like, people are just like, you're so real. Like, Mm -hmm. I love how real you are. Like, I just, I feel like I get you and I know you and I can learn from you. And I'm like, done. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it should be. I love that. Okay. And last question. What does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? To to live uh, authentically, speaking up for yourselves and creating beautiful love and making decisions from love. Mm, love it. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um, obviously, I'm going to put all this in the show notes, but where can our listeners connect with you, learn more about you, all that jazz? Absolutely. Uh, Leagueofadventurousingles.com. That's my, that's my brand. You can just Google it. Um, I have a a solid Instagram. I do a great podcast um, and I give a lot of shit away just for free. So, um, cause I'm trying to change the world here. Yeah. You know, I love it. So, so great. You guys make sure you connect with her. All of that again, will be in the show notes and thank you Kira so much for hopping on. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Kira, for coming on the pod. And for all of today's show notes and everything we talked about in today's episode, you can check it out on www.amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 24. Or if you are currently listening to this on your phone, you can always just swipe um, or scroll down and it'll be there at the bottom. All the links. Fun fact. Um, And in meantime, between now and next week, I will see you guys in the Facebook group. Um, Make sure to hop on in there or say, hello. If you like today's episode, reach out to Kira on Instagram. Again, all of that is in the show notes. Um, And shout us out on the Live Your Fuck Yes Life Insta um, for the chance to be shouted out on the pod. Love you guys to the moon and have an amazing week. See you on the flip side. Bye-bye.